Welcome back from the mountain. Woo! We've had a big week. Yes, we have. We went to the mountains here in Tennessee, up outside Gatlinburg, for a week. We stayed in the cabin. We actually did nothing. Yeah. It was great. We watched a bunch of movies. I had a birthday. We did watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Which we will talk about now. Yeah, everyone else has already put out their post-AW Revolution episode. Look, forgive us if we wait a week, okay? Because we have to go and decompress. We also got co- uh, vaccinated. We got our first round COVID vaccination today. Yeah. In three weeks, we'll get another one. And then maybe a month after that, we'll have the antibodies. We can start spitting in each other's <laughs> mouths again. I mean, we spit in each other's mouths. Yeah. But just not other people. Mm-hmm. So we can spit in other people's mouths, I guess. We don't mean kissing. We mean literally standing across <laughs> the room. And uh, tr- hawking one and trying to catch it in Never each other's mouth. Never have I ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's drinking on that one then, right? <laughs> Never have I ever. Spit across the room into someone else's mouth? Yeah, and the other person had to try to catch it. Well, I'm sure not drinking. Sure not drinking what? Spit? <laughs> no, yeah, not. <laughs> Before we get into AEW Revolution and the wind fart that was the end of it. <laughs> boy and uh <laughs> but i'll get more into that later I've, i you know we've had days to think about it and mm-hmm. i've got some thoughts on it but let's talk about the new japan cup we've gone through all the first rounds some of the second rounds have happened already but we'll talk about those next weekend yeah that sounds good uh also we didn't really watch the Toriyano bad luck folly match that was one of those matches where we were distracted mm-hmm. and we thought bad luck folly won because I can't remember whose music is whose. <laughs> oh, no. But You're wrong. Was, but Toru Yanu actually won that. Oh, that's what I thought. So what I marked wrong, what I marked right was actually wrong. So I got it right. You got it right. Yeah. Rub it cool. in. Cool. Toru Yanu. But most of these matches, really good. I think there was maybe yeah. only a couple where I was like, eh, so, you know. They were really good. And they weren't really, there weren't really any big surprises, I would say. Well, Haruki Goto beat Tai Chi. That was a little surprising to me. That was one I felt like could go both ways. And even when that first started, I think I even said, I'm okay however this goes. I even liked the Tomoaki Hanma match, the one with Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. Of course, Suzuki won that one. Pretty easy to figure. And the Kenta Juice Robinson match was also really good. Well, Uh, you know I love Kenta. But my bracket busted all apart because Shingo Takagi beat Kazuchika Okada, and I called Kazuchika Okada to win the New Japan Cup this year. I had Okada to win as well, but I got Kenta right, I got Suzuki right. Okada and Takagi, that was a great match, I would say, like a fantastic match, And even though it destroyed my bracket, busted it wide <laughs> open. <laughs> yeah. It, it was really cool. Also, we got Hiroyoshi Tenzan against Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay won. Gabriel Kidd versus Zack Sabre Jr., pretty easy to predict there, but that also was a great match. Yuji Nagata against Yoda Suji. Th- these young line matches are really good, by the way. Super good. All of them were very, very good. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Sonata was also very good. I was wrong on that. I went with my heart and picked Ishii. That also puts me out for the next round, too. David Finley against Chase Owens. Sure. 
Finley won. I was really tuned out for like the next three of these. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing, well, but I wasn't paying attention. Well, it's a Yujiro Takahashi match, so you can imagine the the most minimum amount of surprise might occur. <laughs> right. Yoshihashi walks away with that one. Toa Hanare and Jay White was a really, really good match, but again, an easy one to predict there. Jay White. Jay White going on. So Jay White will be wrestling my wrestling dad, Hiroshi Tanahashi, very soon. Woo! Let me get some of that milk, baby! Woo! Put a little bib on me! That'll be fun. So on the right side of the bracket, I got everything right but one. And on the left side of the bracket, I pretty much got three wrong. And one of those destroyed my bracket. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still in. I'm still in all the way. Oh, yeah, you still in? Yeah, man. I can't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, well, well, well. <laughs> but Effie is no fucking joke. Effie is the homophobe murderer. Effie will float on a, on a kayak down a river full of the blood of homophobes. It's a true story. Effie will do it, and he will love it, and then he'll sell you merchandise of it. So remember, if you can remember back that far mm-hmm. to All Elite Wrestling Revolution. Yeah, I think I can. Yeah, we didn't watch the pre-show, but Maki Ito debuted as uh, Britt's tag team partner. Because we watched it later. Reba was injured or whatever. Rebel, not Reba. Rebel, not Reba. Rebel, right, whatever. Uh, they, they I mean, make I was that, just saying. They make that confusing on purpose. I know they do. <laughs> and it fucks me up. But she apparently got the biggest pop of the night in terms of crowd response. But Rebel hits Thunder Rosa with a crutch to secure victory against Thunder Rosa and Rihu. Riho. <laughs> Rihu. Put her in wherever you can because you can go anywhere with her. Jumping ahead a little bit to the following Dynamite. That uh, six-woman tag was a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah. But Maki Ito, she's still developing her talent, but she's got a lot of charisma coming out the back. Coming out yeah, the bank. and it makes sense to put her with someone like Britt because obviously she's a heel, mm. and Britt in this situation can carry her a little bit. You've also got Rebel fo- cheating for you, which doesn't hurt anything. Right. It was the first time she came out there. Everybody was super excited. I don't really think she could do anything wrong in that moment. So the, it's the young young bucks against Jericho and MJF, and. Our app was like being a real dick. Like we were having a very hard time logging in to start mm-hmm. this. So we missed probably five minutes of this at least. I think so, yeah. But what we did see was fucking great. The young to Buc- be expected. The Young Bucks retained their titles against Jericho and MJF. And Jericho says after the match. The inner circle's been through so much over the last few months. Look, look how depleted we are right now. But we're an army. We are well-trained soldiers. And like any great army that needs to change its battle plans in the middle of a war, we're going to do that this Wednesday when we have the Inner Circle War Council. There's going to be some changes in this faction, and you're going to hear all about them on Wednesday. Isn't that right, Max? You know what, Chris? You're right. I've been thinking about this an awful lot, and it is time for a change. And I think a change can make the inner circle a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Very foreboding. And then we got the Casino Battle Royale, the tag team Casino Battle Royale, 
and uh, I think my prediction was that FTR, if it wasn't going to be FTR, FTR or Pac and uh, Ray, Phoenix. Phoenix, and FTR wasn't even in it. No, they weren't even <laughs> in it, which was really surprising to me. I thought they would be. Well, there's a few highlights that they had, we had three Dark Order teams, and Alan and Angels came off looking great. Yeah, but just like kind of in a WWE Rumble, when it looks like someone's being really badass, it means they're about to get thrown over. Yeah, because they get like a big, like they get a big pop, they get some cool moves, and then they're done. Yeah, and but John Silver was the last Dark Order member standing. Argu- he looked good. Argue well, he's he's a really good wrestler. He really is, but and, it, it's really I feel like it's showing more and more how good of a wrestler he is and yeah so probably the most popular member of the dark order at this point oh 100 percent. whittled it all down to john silver against jungle boy and ray phoenix that was the last three yeah and then uh, ray phoenix does a rope walk and kicks john silver while he's on the outside of the apron and eliminates him mm-hmm. and then it's fucking jungle boy and ray phoenix and can we get this match 50 times, please? I know. Alone, right there. It was like, why isn't this just... This should be the headlining yeah, this, match this of is any show. Great shit, just right here. And sure enough, it was really good. And Ray Phoenix, as I'm happy to say, won. So I was half right in my prediction. But the other half, they weren't even in it. So it was like being way wrong and then way right at the same time. Well, my team wasn't in it either. We did not see the Varsity Blondes. No, so. that's right. <laughs> that's who you picked. That that's was right. my joke pick. I don't remember who I said they weren't seriously. No. I guess they weren't. They weren't. Oh, QT Marshall eliminated himself, so he's turning heel. <laughs> uh, so we got the Hikaru Shida against Ryo Mizunami. And there's a couple of matches on Revolution where it seems like people are very mixed on it. Mainly the Hikaru Shida Mizunami match and also the um the cinematic match Sting and Darby against Brian Cage and right, Ricky right. Starks. My opinion for both of these matches is that they were really fun and really entertaining. Absolutely. But I've heard like people go all over the place when talking about these two matches specifically. But I love the Hikaru Shida against Ryo Mizunami match. I did too. I actually I don't have anything against Sheeta. I think she's been a good champion. I think she's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about how much I love Ryo Mizunami. She's just so much fun. But seeing them fight each other, I thought was a great match. Yeah. I know we've heard some very negatives about it, but I really thought it was great. I also, I'll say it again, I love that Rio is weird and that she's bringing it and she's not trying to change Mm-hmm. The weirdness that she brings. And I fucking love it. I think it's... People complain about the personality quirks of the Joshi wrestlers. I don't. It just Mm-mm. makes it seem different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's benefits you being a new wrestling fan who started within the last two and a half years. Yeah. Is that coming out the gate, you're, you haven't been stuck with this expectation of a single WWE style or this style or this style, you actually have come into this seeing like a, a, a tapestry of styles. You watch Japanese shit, indie yeah. shit. You watch you've you watch every WWE pay-per-view. You watch every AEW Dynamite and pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You watch NXT. You watch, you've seen like Impact. You've seen Lucha shit. You've GCW. Seen, yeah, New Japan, all this stuff. NWA when it was around. So this idea to you, and this is the right way, is that you're not bogged down with like a lifetime of like 
expectation of what you wanted at a certain point in history yeah you're not com- you're not bitching like all these other fucking wrestling fans of the last 20 to 40 years you accept the variety that you get now if every match was like a ryu mizanami match i think i might be like burn out on that but i think the yeah. whole point of this is to present something different when people like talk about um aw and what they like or don't like my favorite part about aw is that they try to do different things mm-hmm. in different ways. Everyone wrestles different, right? Everyone's a little different. Everyone complains about the, sometimes not everyone, but some people complain about the Young Bucks doing like spot monkey stuff. And it's like, but... It's exciting! But AEW also has MJF and FTR who wrestle a classic style. Would, yeah. And you get to see them wrestle that all the time. No one hang, no one complains about Hangman Adam Page. He's not... He does some flippy stuff, but he's not going crazy. Yeah, and you even get you even get hardcore matches on AEW, which you don't see on WWE barely. Yeah, and they pay off, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they don't, but they take it there, and I think that's exciting. A couple weeks ago, we got our um, intergender match, mm-hmm. which was fun. Which you don't see that often. It does happen on a- on WWE too, but like. You know, it's, it's still women fighting women, men fighting men, but yeah, when it's when when it automatically tags in another woman, though, like I know it's like they're just standing there, but to me, that's got to be like a combat scenario. I still think it's baby steps to women being able to fight men, which we have seen on Impact, mm-hmm. not lately, but it it happens. It's there. I think I think to be honest, that's why I don't watch WWE very much, except the pay per views now. Because there's not that variety, it feels very formulaic. It feels very... Well, the writing's bad, for one. Well, yeah, but also, like, if someone gets into an argument in the first ten minutes, that's your main event. <laughs> right, yeah. There's just... It's become so... That's writing. ...predictable that it's boring. It's certain thing. Yeah, oh, and plus, like, WWE pay-per-views can be good a lot of times. Absolutely. Many I of them fun. are. But I've found that if I, like don't watch for any of the weekly shows for a month mm-hmm. and I watch the pay-per-view, I feel like I don't really lose anything because I understand all the characters and I understand what they'll do. It's hard to be emotionally attached to a WWE storyline because you're expecting it to be buried for one reason or another. I mean, Raw's just three hours. We've, we say it, we've said it 10 times on this show. It doesn't need to be 10 fucking hours. Nope. And we like, variety i like variety i want to see all the things i don't want to see all of one thing ever miro and kip sapien sapien sabian (laughs) versus chuck taylor and orange cassidy charles (laughs) i like calling him charles and orange cassidy get attacked backstage before the show chuck gets battered and says to start the match even though the ref's like are you sure well he's like just fucking ring the bell if he's gonna beat me up this should count like i want to get it going orange cassidy eventually walks out and there is some back and forth there but at one point miro shoves orange into penelope ford who was attempting a distraction i guess yeah, I think she was she was talking to Orange and Miro just fucking pushed him into her and she went flying off the side and they did not address this within the show at that moment at all, but I think that that's a build up. I think that Miro and Kip are going to have it at some point because Miro doesn't care about anybody but himself. He's supposed to be the best man, but he's not like being a good friend and he's just not caring about the safety of Penelope, which I think will make kip mad eventually so you think kip and penelope are turning face i think they could be yeah i think they definitely could be i think it'd be interesting if they did 
Miro taps Chuck with a game over. We got a lot of side switching going on in mm-hmm. AEW lately. And it kind of works out. Like, it makes sense. Uh, like, when the private party turned, it made sense because... They weren't really doing much until the big money Matt angle showed up. Mm-hmm. And they are more interesting when they're... But it almost looks like they're wary of Matt. Like, they they could turn back face at any time. They doubt his decisions, but he keeps talking them into it. One of these days, he's not going to be able to talk them into it. So, Miro taps Chuck with the game over. And uh, quick update to Dynamite. Chuck and Orange want a rematch. Yeah. And Chuck says, I'll be your butler for life. If you uh, do this. If you beat us. But the thing about the match is the ring is going to be surrounded by arcade, arcade games. games. And the goal is to slam each other through all the arcade games. Yeah. Well, I'm curious as to how that's going to look. So Expensive. That's how that's going to look. <laughs> Just going to be a bunch of hollowed out game bodies. That's true. So, boy, was I wrong about Sad Cowboy Story. And I was right. Because Hangman Adam Page pinned Matt Hardy. Private Party does interfere at one point. Adam beats him up pretty good. But, you know, big money Matt Hardy's goons are all around. So Dark Order comes down. And at one point, Page is on the outside of the apron. And he gets knocked back. And the Dark Order grab him and lift him back up on the apron. And this puts him into a buckshot lariat. Mm -hmm. And then he pins Matt Hardy. So Matt, he takes all of Matt's first quarter earnings which he spent on a lawnmower and he donated some money to the public school system in jacksonville, there in jacksonville. some barrels of whiskey he said yeah I, I i love it hangman loves mowing a lawn and you know what so do i i know it is my most meditative point mm-hmm. and I, I you know i can't really i feel i can't really clear my mind it's not an easy thing for me to do but when i mow a lawn i come pretty goddamn close i think uh, there's the face of the Revolution ladder match. It's Lance Archer versus Pinta, uh, Mac versus Max Caster versus Scorpio Sky versus Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes and Ethan Page. Ethan I, motherfucking Page. And I was right about the second signing. Yes. Um, Cody's selling an injury here, and he has to get pulled out. But then he comes in a very dramatic turn, gets led out the ring but then he comes back later like i don't care i gotta do this well you know he's going to because anytime somebody gets hurt but they don't actually leave like he walked away but then he stood in the tunnel for like five minutes it was a ridiculously long time so you knew at that moment oh he's just gonna come back and i think i even said to you i hope he doesn't come back at the end and just win this because i think that's such bullshit when that happens it didn't which was great he came back didn't win though I felt like Max Caster was really working it in this match. He was impressive. And I think with a lot of that happened at AEW Revolution, a lot of people kind of overlooked this Mm -hmm. because he really took some bumps. He really gave it. Very present in the match. He's just a guy that is getting better and better, and I I recognize that. Better at wrestling and better at rapping. That's true. Uh, Scorpio Sky wins, which is a good good choice. I said Lance would win. No, it was Scorpio Sky. It's Scorpio. It's Scorpio, and Scorpio is turning. Yeah. I think he already turned when we heard him do a heel announcer shit. Yeah, well, that's why I thought he would win, is because he was doing heel announcer spot, and that whole, it's my time, I deserve it, it, it is his time. He does deserve it. Uh, I'm interested to see how bad Scorpio Sky behaves. So we finally get our announcement, our Hall of Fame-worthy announcement. Mm-hmm. 
And this is a name that was going around, but we didn't bring it up. We didn't bring it up on here, but we did talk about it at home. I will give you credit for saying his name. Sure, but that's just our word against the listeners, I suppose. if they believe me, and they should. We didn't say it on the show. Sure didn't, but you did bring him up. But Christian Cage, WWE's Christian, was an influential tag team with Edge back in the day. Former TNA champion. And according to Uncle Dave, would have been a good Hall of Fame submission for this year had he not (laughs) signed with AEW. So he agreed that he's a Hall of Fame quality wrestler. Paul Heyman said this. Edge, your best friend in this world knew he was going to become Roman Reigns' target just to get into your head. And what did he do? He ran away before Roman Reigns could target him. How many of your Christians need to convert before you realize it's not smart to piss off Roman Reigns? I I thought that was pretty clever, I like it. I like it a lot. Of course, he didn't run away. He just wasn't under contract with WWE. So if WWE just paid him, he probably never would have left. Exactly. If you want people to be around, if you want people to be around, you have to pay them and treat them well. Get them on a contract if you if they're so special to you. Now, we don't have much history with Christian, but I know that like hardcore wrestling fans, especially from back in the day, 20 years ago in the 2000s, a lot of wrestling fans love Christian. Like mm-hmm. he, he is often stated as one of the, those wrestlers that is extremely talented and extremely underrated in terms of overall fame. I said last week that I didn't want somebody like another like Sting type, you know, uh, but I guess Christian Cage isn't quite there. He's like 10 years younger than Sting. I'd say he's the class after Sting, if you're going to think about it like that. Sure. You know, like he's the class after Sting. He looks good. From what I remember from the Rumble that he was in, he did a good job. People were excited to see him. But at this moment, he hasn't spoken or done anything yet, even on Dynamite. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. I kind of hope he... He continues this thing of like not talking. You want him to not pointing at like, people. Like NWA Sting back in the nineties, you want him to not talk for a long time. I just think time. it'd be or when he does, it needs to be like profound in some way. I want when he talks, I want it to be profane. Like he just <laughs> awesome. says just horrible things like like pussy fart and shit like that. <laughs> he call, like he calls uh Kenny Omega a pussy fart. Or a frog frog's pussy. Frog's pussy. <laughs> Well, frog's pussy is like good. Like that's the that's frog's true. pussy. That's true. That's the frog's pussy. If it's the frog's pussy, that's the shit. We usually don't talk about BTE, but that's a BTE mm. thing that has started being brought up in our houses. When something's good, it's the frog's pussy. So Christian Cage is the frog's pussy right now. <laughs> sure. Sting and Darby Allen against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a street fight in a warehouse. I thought this was great. I don't think it's a street fight because it was in a warehouse. A warehouse fight. But, I mean, the street fight is just the rules, I, I guess. I know. I get it. But there, was, I thought this was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought it looked really stylish. Yes. And I thought it looked really cool. It and had the feel. It made sense based on, like, the videos that Darby does. This felt very like a Darby Allen produced thing, which is cool. Like, it's got that kind of black and white, kind of dark situation with goes with like their whole thing they had these like 
minions coming out in these like skeleton masks. Oh right. That didn't really do anything, but were intimidating. For a right. second, it seemed like they were gonna have like a lumberjack match happening. Didn't Brian Cage beat them all up? Yeah. Which was yeah, cool. they got beat up. Uh, Hook, Hook showed up without a shirt on. He did. So did Will Hobbs at one point. They went all around this warehouse. They killed Darby Allen. Mo- multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> but this one time they threw him through a glass window and he was just like fucking dead. Yeah. And then Brian Cage goes down back downstairs and is like fighting Sting. Yeah. And in order to save Sting, Darby Allen coffin drops from like... 40 feet. Yeah. Into this like hole in the ground and kills Brian Cage. Was it a coffin drop? Was it not a coffin drop? I thought it was like an elbow drop, but I'm not entirely sure to be honest. I may just be saying coffin drop because it's his classic move. I could be wrong about that, but he he dropped onto Brian Cage and they were never seen again. It made it look like they just fell deep into like a building. Exactly. And then you get Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, who seriously, honorable mention of the night. Every time Ricky Starks is on is Ricky Starks selling moves. Ricky Starks is the perfect competitor for Sting. Yeah. The perfect competitor because he anything he does is so believable. He made Sting look so good. And I know this is cinematic, so obviously they can start and stop and redo shit, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was so great. But he eventually crawls back into the ring Stinger comes in and does his classic moves. Well, he does the scorpion death drop, which is not the lock. Maybe it's hard for him to get the lock on. Mm. I can't remember if he did the drop. I don't know. I'm like catching up on WCW history. Sure. I'm in the process of that. But yeah, Sting gets the pin on Ricky because they conveniently make themselves make their way back to a ring that's been set up in the warehouse. And there was some small stretches here. But Mm -hmm. overall, I thought this was just a lot of fun. And I thought it all, everything looked really cool, and Sting got the pin as he should have. So Yeah. But let's go to the main event. Kenny Omega against John Moxley in the exploding barbed wire death match. There was okay. a lot of shit going on. John Moxley does a uh, death rider on Kenny onto like some barbed wire bed. That uh, was cool. Kenny whacks John with like a barbed wire bat that bursts. Mm-hmm. That and so there were explosions when they'd hit the, just like the Terry Funk, Atsushi Onita match, when someone... Hits went, the wire. There's a cool near fall where John Moxley gets hit with the one wing angel. Yes. And he doesn't kick out, but he sticks a foot onto a, a, a barbed wire and it makes an explosion go off. Imagine if that explosion didn't go off, right? I know. I mean, then you, why do you let go? You, you break it up because it's a rope break. Is it no, a rope break? No, a rope break wouldn't have counted. That was the whole thing. Like, the rope break wouldn't have done anything, but he did it to make the explosion go off to make Kenny lose his grip. Overall, I thought this match was really good. I did, too. It was so much fun. Even at the end, when, like, the Good Brothers come out, I think they actually brought the bat to Kenny that was, like, the exploding bat that he hit Yeah, Moxley. yeah. Like, they came out. They basically come out and they beat up Moxley. And then he, yeah. Kenny hits a one-wing angel onto a chair. That was fucking brutal. And that's that's and he pins Moxley with, like, four to five minutes left on the countdown timer. And they're bleeding. Yeah. There's blood everywhere. It was very exciting. So they beat up Moxley and they handcuff him and then they leave him in the ring. Because they love handcuffs now? Yeah. They got they got a kink. Um, there were no rules. Wait, wait, what are you listen, listen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen. Uh, okay, uh, guys, I'm just gonna move back a little bit here. 
You guys are fine. Stay where you are. What do you mean? No, no, you're fine. I'm just going to move back here. Are those guys stupid? So John just looks like he's about to just get blown up. Right, right. And then Eddie Kingston comes out. Look at Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. What is Kingston doing out here? Kingston, what are, what are Moxley's? Well, his friends, he's trying to get the handcuffs off. Remember in the Atsushi Terry Funk, I think the thing we liked the most about that was the emotion yes. at the end. That's yes. kind of what brought it home for us. Because Atsushi's walking away and he's like, whoa, Terry's not getting up. So he goes in to cover him from the explosion. But they had barrels surrounding the, the ring, mm -hmm. which busted. I mean, it was all about smoke. You just make sure smoke's everywhere. It looked so good, though, when they did it because in that match... There was so, like you said, there was so much smoke, but this weird optical illusion happened where, like, the smoke went up and there was this huge loud noise. And honestly, for a second, I thought the fucking ring imploded. Like, it looked amazing. Now, um, so Eddie comes out and he's pushing, like, the butcher and the blade and the bunny back. They're like, what are you doing? And it looks like this is when Eddie's making his face turn because he and Mox have history and their feud. I think it's one of the best feuds in all of AEW. It truly is because they have like legit personal history. And that comes and they make it come across so easily. Mm -hmm. So Eddie comes out and he covers Mox because. Well, first he's like, get up, but he can't fucking get him up because he's dead weight. Right. He covers him. And yeah. so it counts down. And then we get. No! Kicks it! Sparklers. Oh my! And then a boom. Oh my god! Like mm. just on the corners. Not enough to cover anything with smoke. It was, honest to God, it was less than when Cody Rhodes' entrance pops. It is, yeah. It he, was less than a Cody Rhodes' entrance fireworks. From what I understood, they tested this and it worked. This is just, it just, it was, just didn't work. Yeah. The way it was supposed to. And that can totally happen. That can totally happen. What was weird at this moment and what people have criticized, which I I don't I don't care, but people kind of criticize the fact that Eddie stayed laying on top of Mox yeah. for like a pretty long time, and Bryce was there in his like beekeeper well, outfit. Well, Eddie is selling the whole time. Eddie's selling, and we actually even at the moment we were like we start we burst into laughter. Yeah, like couldn't believe what was happening. We were like, seriously, are they just like jo laughing about this right now? Well, like, are a, they just like it didn't happen? Well, there's a clip here. that came up online. Later. That said, where John said, Kenny Omega may be a tough son of a bitch, but he can't make an exploding ring worth a shit. Because there was this whole lead up that Don and, and Kenny planned this whole thing. And Eddie is still selling as yeah. John's saying that is to he? the crowd. <laughs> so that's that what, so that's how the show ends. So that's what everyone is talking about. Yeah. I thought overall this show is very good. Yeah. But that's what everyone was talking about for this whole week. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it becomes like, this is a big test for AEW. Like, how do they handle this? How do they recover right. from this? Also, did you know that AEW Revolution grossed nearly $7 million in pay-per-view buys? I know it was the largest one they've had. It's the most for a wrestling pay-per-view since 1999. Damn. Since 99, which I didn't realize it'd go back that far. No, I wouldn't have thought. That's crazy. Now, we're about to talk about Dynamite, but we do rate pay-per-views and gotchas. Mm -hmm. G-O-T-C-H. Gotchas. Frank Gotch, right? That's his mm -hmm. name. 
the the OG wrestler dude, turn of the century, right? I'm going to give it one through five gotchas. You're going to give it one through five gotchas. And we'll combine those gotchas for best out of ten. This is very challenging because everyone's talking about this one thing. But I love the death match up yeah. until that point. Yeah. You can't say the match itself was a failure. Be- in the end, it was just technical issues. The match was over for like four and a half minutes at that point. Mm-hmm. It was just this drama that didn't work out in their favor. And I liked most of these matches, like even like the Adam Page and Matt Hardy match, that kind of was what it was, right? Mm-hmm. And for us, I felt like the right people won here as well, especially like the Casino Battle Royale match. Yeah. The latter match was a little spotty for me at first, but it came together really well, I thought. It had good moments. And, you know, I guess it's up to you as whether you think Christian Cage is uh, worthy of... I don't know if people would be... La- I'm just interested in seeing what he does. Sure. And I like, I've thought that Ethan Page is one of the best things going on in Impact for a long time. So I was happy to see Ethan Page there. He still needs a shine moment, which he hasn't got yet. Right. So overall, I'm going to give this pay-per-view... I mean, that was a big wet fart at the end. <laughs> but we're never going to forget it. The Miro and Kip versus Chuck and Orange, that was okay. It seemed like it was really just setting up story more than anything, which is important. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. That's fair. I really like the end match, too. I won't say all the things you just said because you just said them very well. But I agree with you on most all of it. I don't, honestly, at the end of the day, it would have been really fucking cool to see them do another, like, a big explosion. Yeah. And hopefully, I hope someday they do, because I'd like to see what they do with it. It would take some balls to, to try do it, it again. again. They should do it at next year's revolution. Oh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't want this to be the end of that being a thing that happens every so often, because everyone's scared of doing it now or whatever. But I'm going to, I'm going to match you. I'm going to say 3.5 as well. So seven out of 10. Yeah. For the 2021 AW revolution. Yeah. I think that's a very good score in light of what everyone's talking about around it. I do too, but I just, I don't feel like that's a make or break moment. I mean, if if there are people who bought that pay-per-view just to see that, then it's likely they weren't going to necessarily continue to, to buying pay-per-views anyway. Yeah, I mean, if that was the selling point. That's not I don't a, think it was. Well, that's not as big a match as Matt Hardy just about getting his brains bashed out yeah. at the, I forget which... Was it Full Gear? I can't remember which pay-per-view it was. Right. That's a way bigger botch than this because someone like could have died yep. and they had somebody who looked very concussed get up and finish a match and do an end spot. That was When bad. they should have called that fucking match off. That is, a, that is something that you can legitimately get mad at AEW about. That is genuine AEW criticism right there. And especially like their doctor who said it was okay that Matt goes on. What the fuck? Yeah, that was fucked up. Any wrestler, especially one that took a blow to the head, is not going to say, no, I need to quit the match now. Unless their leg is fucking, like, hanging off, like, by a thread or some shit. So the idea that, like, they're like, Matt said he could go, well, it's not... Fuck that. Matt's not the doctor you are. So, no, this isn't... To me, this is not the worst botch... No. ...in AEW history. It's probably the second. (laughs) Sure. But the worst... Worst botches are when people's lives are on the line. Absolutely. And definitely no one got hurt in this. Yeah. Like, the absolute opposite. All-time worst botches, uh, probably Owen Hart dying. Well, yeah. So nothing will beat Owen Hart being uh, manslaughtered by Vince McMahon. So, so there you go. <laughs> 
Seven out of ten uh, for <laughs> AW <laughs> Revolution. Let's go through Dynamite real quick. We're getting into how they're explaining it. Yeah. Into Dynamite. Uh, but with Dynamite, which started off with a Matt Jackson versus Ray Phoenix match. So good. Holy fuck. Matt Jackson. Usually we see Nick do the singles, but Matt did it this time. Boy, this was some good shit. And Ray's looking so good lately. How can someone who was already this good start be looking even better over time? I don't understand. I think Ray's becoming best in the world status here. Yeah, for sure he is. And he wins too, as he should. I love uh, Pac and Ray, like, bro moment there. Yes. But we are approaching Young Bucks against Ray and Pac uh, for a tag team match for the belt because they won it at that. Can this be the time you take the belts off the Young Bucks? Yeah. Because of Pac, Ray Phoenix? I mean, this is that's dope. What a team, man. I love both those They're guys. They're amazing. Just give them the they belt. They deserve it. They they so deserve it. And the Bucks don't need it. They're always the Bucks. The Bucks will probably get those tag belts back like multiple They're gonna times. They're going to have them like every yeah. other person. So we get, um, so it's time. This is why I was excited about AW Dynamite. Because they have to explain in story the match thing. Yeah. And I thought that what they did was actually very smart. I did too. Because one, in terms of the actual bomb part... They're going like, they're playing it like it went both ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it's a mystery whether Kenny did it on purpose or whether it was a technical difficulty. So we go to Eddie Kingston and Moxley sitting on a couch together. Looks like they're probably in Mox's house or something. This is surprisingly casual and humorous. Yeah. Eddie Eddie says, a big explanation everyone wants to know about. It's a little embarrassing, but, you know, I'm me. When I went in that ring and I covered my friend thinking there was going to be this big explosion and all these fireworks, I caught a flashback to the last time I had this anxiety. Last time I had this kind of panic where I couldn't breathe. And that's when I was sitting in the jail cell getting ready for court and I had the guards walking back and forth telling me, we're going to take you to Rikers, boy. We're going to take you to Sing Sing, boy. And everything went black. That's what happened. Go ahead and make fun of it. Call me a coward, less of a man. I'm not speaking for you, and I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to those that understand where I'm coming from. Attributed it to PTSD from his past growing up, roughly. Yeah. Which is kind of what we expected. Yeah. Like, if you had to guess how that would be explained in terms of Eddie just, like, playing like he just passed the fuck out. And he's like, if you want to say that makes me a wimp, then whatever. I don't give, I don't care what you think. And then John kind of pipes in and they start, they kind of have this very casual banter. Mm -hmm. You think you're the Joker? You think you're the, you think this is funny? No, I don't, I don't think he was joking. I think he was really going to try to blow no, me the king. No, there's no way. I think he was he really being the Joker to, I think he really and you're Batman. To, he wanted to blow, I like that, but I think he really wanted to blow me up for sure. I don't think he's that nuts. Look, I don't know who paid for that bomb. I hope Tony Khan. Impact Khan's. definitely did. You know that. Impact Impact paid for the bomb. Definitely. That makes perfect Without sense. So there's this dynamic where they don't exactly know. and this Which is better. And this dynamic is played up later in the show. Yeah. But John's just happy to have his drinking buddy back. And next week... We're going to have Moxley and Kingston against the Good Brothers in a yeah. tag match, which, man, he, Face Eddie, we knew Face Eddie Kingston was coming. I we just didn't so know. Excited. We just didn't know how it was going to happen. We do get Ethan Page's Dynamite debut against Lee Johnson, which apparently it, it wasn't like this in the feeds throughout other parts of the country, but in our area, TNT, a basketball game audio bleeding in 
over this match. Yeah. So over his promo too, which sucked. That sucked. Like the, you could hear it, but it was distracting. Which was very Ethan Page's dynamite debut when this happens. That that's that sucks. But Tony Khan ended up putting that match on YouTube so nice. you could watch it without the audio problem. He is really good about that. But, I appreciate that. But Lee Johnson uh, loses as he should here, and QT Marshall, who's at his side, turns his back on him, and then Page attacks. Johnson, after the match, and Dustin has to run in and kind of take care of the scenario. It looks like maybe Ethan may be doing some Nightmare Family feud, which is a good feud to have if you need to, like, win, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. Then Penta, they do something that I they should have done a while back. Yes, this was exciting. Apparently Penta was on the Spanish announcer's desk, and he got Alex Abrahantes to come up. Yeah, translate, translate for, him. for him. Yeah. And Penta could speak some Spanish, but... Some English. <clears throat> but the thing is, even when he's speaking in Spanish, he comes off with such conviction. Oh, and yeah. like You can tell his emotion, even if you don't know exactly what, if you don't speak Spanish, right? Kent is essentially picking a fight with Cody. He's pissed off about the ladder match. And he's saying that, like, when I'm done with you, Cody, you won't be able to hold your newborn baby. Yeah. So that pisses Cody off. And there's, like, has to be a big pull apart. We know Sting and uh, Ricky Starks look good because Ricky can make Sting look good. What about Sting versus Lance Archer? Because Sting comes out, talks about how what a man Darby Allen is, and then Lance Archer comes out and interrupts. He says, I don't care if I didn't win. I'm the face of the revolution. Yeah. And then he basically, it's not an official challenge, but it's Lance Archer stepping up. Now, this, this, is, a, this is a challenge. Lance Archer is talented, but he's a monster man. And Sting's a pretty tall guy. Yeah. But he's also 61. I don't know how you do... I don't know how you do a Sting match on AEW Dynamite. That's like a not regular cinematic. I, yeah, I don't I don't know how that works. Did you say 61? Yeah, I think Sting is Jesus. 61 years old. I He looks so good. And when he does do his few, like his bat spots or whatever, like that's good. And yeah. he moves, like we talked about, he moves faster than we expected him to. Like there's some really good moments that we've seen of him. But an entire match with someone like Lance Archer, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well... It remains to be seen how that will work out. Now, we're supposed to hear from Christian Cage at this point. But Kenny and Don and the Good Brothers walk out. And they start to goof. Yeah. I think Don calls it the the bang not heard around the world or some shit. <laughs> yeah. This, oh. And then they start. Now, they do this same thing where they're like, it's been pointed out that WWE and other companies in the past, like at WCW, if something went wrong, they would pretend it was all part of the show. Right. But here we've got like two sides where people aren't sure if it's one way or the other. And they come out and they, they kind of like backhandedly take credit for embarrassing Eddie Kingston. But you also give this vibe because they're dirtbags that it just maybe it didn't work out that way. But they're going to take And they're trying to save face for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that's what Don is so good at, that kind of shit. So while they're goofing on this shit, Eddie walks out. Oh, God. And Eddie's just standing there. And they're just laughing at him. Quickly, north-south position. 69 me, Don. 69 me, save me. Don, save me. Is this also when, this is also when Don says to Eddie, I had you at Impact. And I fired you from Impact. Oh, that's right. Because you couldn't get the job done. Yeah. And so that it's just like, it's like insult after insult. So Kenny tells him, you know, uh, take your best shot. He points at his face. Very obvious what happens next. He's not going to not take the fucking punch. And then Mox comes out and Eddie and Mox start to beat the Good Brothers. 
until they're off camera. Mm-hmm. And that sets up their tag next week. And then Christian comes out and Kenny walks up and he goes to shake his hand. Mm-mm. And Christian denies him. Then Kenny attempts a punch and then Christian sets him up in a move, but Don pulls Kenny out of the ring. And then Christian picks up the AEW champ title, the championships, the big belt, and it's setting up Christian against Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Christian going for this belt, like yeah. straight straight up. I'm actually really curious to see how well he, he will do. Because we see Minoru Suzuki in New Japan do amazing matches, right? Absolutely. He had a fucking five-star match with Mox, I think, last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, I... Christian is in a realm where it's not like, oh, he won't be able to. He actually looks like he's in great shape. He does. He does. I'm just willing to see how it works before I start hating, you know. Exactly. So we get Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship because Scorpio won the Face of the Revolution ladder match. I thought this match was so good. And Scorpio wrestled Darby. Kind of in a way we hadn't seen other people do it. And Scorpio did shit like when Darby does that, Scorpio is outside the ring and Darby does that forward dive. See, Darby's like a stuntman too. And one thing that you need to do when you're a stuntman is have precision. Darby is so precise. He knows how to be exactly where he needs to be. So when he does his suicide forward dive, Scorpio Sky converts it into a cutter. So he counters like one of Darby's big moves. Another point, Darby... Tries to do a coffin drop on him, and Scorpio Sky converts it to a fucking power bomb. It was Scorpio so rest- good. Scorpio wrestled him like he was like reviewing game tape of Darby. Hell yeah, like he was ready for Darby's moves. And this was—I mean, I thought this match was fan fucking between this and the Ray Phoenix Matt Jackson match. I was like, wow, this is some hot shit. Mm-hmm. And I almost wouldn't have been surprised if they put it on Scorpio Sky, but Scorpio does get beat. Mm-hmm. Dar it. it the story is that Darby is not able to beat him with his big moves because Scorpio is able to counter them. Darby then does like a roll-up roll, roll up counter and kind of tricks Scorpio and gets the pin that way. And Darby goes to kind of give uh, Scorpio props. Scorpio fucking gets him up in an ankle lock and tr- sprains his leg. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when, you know, Scorpio's just full-on heel. No. 100. I love it. I love everything about Scorpio being a heel. I think that this is not over. I think he'll go up against Darby again and maybe even get the belt at some point. I think he should. He doesn't need to lick his lips so much. Okay. Bad Scorpio licks his lips. Mm. So he's like... He'll Scorpio. Lip lip licker. Lip licker. Not good. But otherwise, big fan. Yeah. I thought this match was... I love this match. So good. I thought it was so good. So the episode ends in the Inner Circle War Council. Oh, God. Because Jericho comes out and he's like, we've been having some issues for a while. Gee, yeah. I wonder what the connection with those is- that issue is. And then he says, I'm thinking we need a new member. And then MJF is like, uh, I'm thinking we need like less members. And then Sammy. Then Sammy's, Sammy's music, music hits. And Sammy comes out and he's like, I need to tell you something, Jericho. I need to tell you something. And Jericho's like not listening. He's like, you just need to watch this video right now. Just watch it. And it's this video of MJF comes into the room with Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager. Well, it shows Sammy hiding a camera. And it's... It's set up like a hidden camera. It's not one of those everyone's pretending like the camera's Exactly. Not there. He hides the camera, runs out of the room, and then later, fast forward, these guys are hanging out in the room, fast forward, fast forward. MJF comes into the three guys, so it's Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager. And he's and basically MJF is like, It's time, boys. We're gonna fucking kick Jericho out. Yeah. And they're all like, Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. 
And then you cut to the ring. Yeah. And everyone's and MJF like, all right, let's get him. And then they start to walk towards Jericho, Jericho and Sammy. But then, of course, everyone but MJF turns around and sides with Jericho. Because why wouldn't they? Exactly. So, so it's looking like MJF is an idiot. He's about to get beat well, down. Well, Jericho goes, do you not fucking think we talk to each other every single day? Do you not think we're smart enough to watch you to know you were going to pull some bullshit? So Sam, they back Sammy in a ring post corner. Or MJF. Yeah. And MJF is looking very like he's going to cry. He's like, I swear I wasn't. <laughs> I swear I wasn't trying to take over the inner circle because I've already been working with another inner circle. And then FTR and Sean Spears and Tully and Wardlow run out and beat the shit out of the inner circle. Like kick the shit out of everyone super hard. Chair Sammy, put him in a chair and like stomp him. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, Wardlow pow- attacks Jericho. And they power bomb. They end up. He ends up power bombing Jericho like off the platform into a, like a crash pad. And this is cool because they're not calling themselves the Horsemen yet, but everyone is calling themselves the is going to call them the Horsemen. Yes. So hopefully they'll name themselves in the next episode. The thing is, I have no problem with. Everyone in the inner circle turning face. Mm. But two weeks ago, Jericho was smashing the Young Bucks' dad like against a truck. But he He was was... with MJF. And so you could spin it like that was all MJF's idea. Yeah. But Jericho (laughs) is a heel. Well, can't they? Okay. Can they still be heels? I guess so. But I mean, we don't we don't know. But heels don't typically fight each other, which we didn't mention this, but at some point during Dynamite they do. also they can't on AEW. Because Eddie is a face now, the butcher and the blade and the bunny have now signed with Matt Hardy. Right, right. Which they need to figure out something with the butcher and the blade and the bunny. But yeah, but immediately as soon as Eddie was a face, he didn't have his family anymore because they're heels. Yeah. And so yeah, so if if MJF and this new horseman, these new horsemen are like the heel heels. I'm okay with Jericho being a face. I'm definitely okay with Santana and Ortiz being a face. Sammy, we've always thought, was going to go face. Yeah, yeah. Jake is going to do whatever the team does. So that's that. I thought, you know, it was a fairly decent recovery. And yeah. I, it was a fun episode. I also think, say there were people who tuned into this pay-per-view and don't necessarily watch all the TV and they wanted to see this. This was a really good answer to mm. anybody who said, I need to check out this show because what the fuck are they going to say about this? You yeah. got really good matches that could have as easily been on the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. At least two that were fucking Absolutely. amazing. Absolutely. Before we wrap it up, let's go through this quick, please. Uh, Finn Balor versus Adam Cole on NXT. Yep. Um, Adam Finn Balor retains the NXT championship. I thought maybe they'd give it to Adam Cole after Kyle O'Reilly distracts Adam Cole. Um he didn't really, like, jump in the ring or anything. He just got in Adam Cole's head by showing up. Yeah, I think I think it made sense for... it Because Kyle showed up, it made sense for Adam to lose because I think we need an Adam-Kyle yes. match, and that's what this was building to, and Adam can always take the belt later. So uh, Finn Balor gets the win here, and then Kyle O'Reilly proceeds to beat Adam Cole all over the studio. Mm-hmm. Then Finn Balor turns around and says, what took you so long? And <laughs> Karrion Cross is standing there. Karrion Cross, who... Won the title off Keith Lee and then had to drop it because of an injury. Yeah. He sustained. So now he's back. And honestly, I didn't hate it when Karrion Cross won the title at first because it did mean Keith Lee was moving up to the other shows. Yeah. 
But now that like, and it wasn't really, and it's not really Karen Cross's fault that he had to sit out. No. But since he's come back, I haven't really been all that enthralled with him. Well, so it, but you've made the point that it seems like they've been kind of taking it easy on him. Yeah, yeah. So he fused him with the cruiserweight. It just looks like a big dude going for the little guy. And they made it as even as they could with Legato Del Fantasma helping out in that match. But like, for me, I'm just like, okay, they're probably going to give this guy the belt again. But I just don't. I personally don't think I care. Yeah. You know. And in indie news, uh, GCW's Take Care. We haven't finished it, but we should point out that uh, there was an Effie versus Atticus Cougar match, which is in a hardcore match. Uh-huh. And Effie... Effie is no fucking joke. Effie is the homophobe murderer. Effie will float on a, on a kayak down a river full of the blood of homophobes. Fucking turned heel at the end. Atticus Cougar defeated him, which was a shock. We wanted Effie to win. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, But then he, but he and Ricky Shane Page and all 440 come out and ask Effie, he asks Effie if he wants to join 440, which I thought you had to be from Ohio to join 440. I don't yeah. think Effie's from Ohio. But, but they basically were like, the crew you're running with is not good enough for you. Yeah. Which you need to be in our crew. That crew he's in with Mance Warner and some other guys, they seem to be falling apart like it's part of the story. Mm. But Effie turns heel and joins the 440. Wait, what the fuck? No, come on! Please, fuck no! Jumps up on Ricky Shane Page and wraps his legs around him and he's part of the team now. Never in my wildest nightmares did I imagine a scenario where Effie would be hugging the Bev, giving a dap to Atticus Kogar, and showing respect to RSP. Uh, I, I just, I'm sick to my fucking stomach. Yep, so yeah, Effie, wrestling is gay. He can do no wrong. 440. 440, I'm a 440 fan now. Just got a little bit gayer. Yes, it did. So I think next not next weekend uh, is uh, Fastlane, WWE Fastlane. I think by Monday or Tuesday, we'll drop an episode talking all about that. Cool. And uh, that's it for now. Um, we have, we've been through the revolution, and then we went through the reconstruction. And now, now I don't know how to end this episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Culture Rot Wrestling. We appreciate you. And if you like what you heard and appreciate it and understand how much time it takes to make a weekly podcast, then it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed anywhere that podcasts are heard. Recommend us to any of your friends that have wrestling interests. And the biggest way to help us is to leave all the stars and a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving us five stars and a written review at Apple Podcasts helps spread the word on the show, and it doesn't cost you a dime, just a little bit of your time. Any five stars and a written review on Apple Podcasts will be read on a future episode. We also have a couple more podcasts if you're interested. We do the weekly podcast Culture Rot, which is a broader take on pop culture, past, present, and future. We also have our first podcast still available called Documenteers, and it's all about documentary films discussed in our own special style. That feed isn't updated anymore, but there's still loads of content to be found there, and much of what we discussed is timeless. You can also email me for any reason at uh, theculturerotshow at gmail.com. Our social media game sucks, and I'm terrible at it, but if you follow me and you're not a bot, I might follow you back. But you can hit us up at 
at Culture Rotter on Twitter and Culture Rot on Instagram. So thanks again for listening. We hope you stick around. Until next time, practice super kicking your friends. Woo! Let me get some of that milk, baby. Woo! Put a little bib on me.